Voice of Fintech. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech America series. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'm the founder of Voice of Fintech podcast. In this series, you will hear inspirational stories of entrepreneurs, investors and incumbents and ecosystem hub leaders from the United States or North America and LATAM. This episode is hosted by David Jakubovic from New York. Welcome back, listeners, to Voice of Fintech, your global number one show in all things in the fintech industry. Today, we're honored to bring to you the CTO of Varo Bank, Deep Varma. Deep has an experience of building fintech products and tech products across Silicon Valley throughout his career. And today, he's leading the technology efforts at Varo Bank. Deep, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Hey, thanks, David. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be part of it. Yeah, I'm super excited as well because the fintech industry has grown and accelerated throughout the pandemic, and you're leading the efforts of Varo Bank. But before we dive into Varo's product, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as a technologist and your career? Sure. Happy to. David, I've been in Silicon Valley for almost now a little over 30 years, you know immigrant coming here and then doing my schooling from Berkeley and then working with IBM in the early days and moving in as a chief architect to Yahoo and then getting this taste of my own startups. And this is around 2013 with the second exit of my startup, I started thinking, oh, wow, deep American dream is achieved. Now what's next in your career? There were three industries came to my mind, real estate, banking or finance and the health. So then 2014, I end up going to Zillow, where definitely for five years, I was blessed to be changing the marketplace. And then I got the opportunity to come to Warrow Bank. So I think if this is where the career-wise, Silicon Valley technologist, a business person, the DNA of a technology, but always thinking about how technology is going to enable and solve the consumer problems because technology has definitely, especially with the new the phone devices, what we carry. So that's the career. And I'm really excited because in last two and a half years here at Waro, we have been amazed, like working with the teams to build this technology and launching launch the bank. And as Varo Bank has grown as a leading fintech company in the Valley, it's incredible to see that technology can be the leading point for financial products. So can you start by discussing with our audience about Varo's technology-centric approach? How has this allowed the bank to stay focused on its mission and purpose? Let's start with mission and purpose because as I said, David, earlier, Technology is an enabler. So I think is the mission and purpose of Waro's mission and purpose always been how we are going to create the bank for all of us. And then, you know, how we are going to serve millions of Americans, those who are underserved or underbanked. And this can be a massive movement to bring and reduce the gap in the inequality in the society, where if you have a money, you everyone will serve you you don't have a money you have a minimal small money no one wants to come and serve you right so this is the mission and purpose what Varo always been bank for all of us then the question arises 
what technology can do. I think it is pretty com- common nowadays that everyone carries this phone device with them. This is the phone which they carry. And sometimes people ask me, oh, you are the first digital bank. I said, no, we are born digital. This is the difference, right? So it is not that we went through the transformation from some legacy, so we were born digital. Now then point comes into what is the Silicon Valley technology stack is helping this building the bank? I think the Silicon Valley technology stack is you have to think about the scaling, how you're going to scale from 100,000 to 1 million to 10 million to 20 million to 40 million. So scale plays a major role. The next one plays is the reliability and stability because customer trust you as a bank because this is related to their money. How are you going to make sure that the bank is with them 24-7? This is their device, so reliability. And the third one is the customer experience. This the whole phase of a transaction-based relationship is gone. Now customers really want the bank which cares for them. And it is an individualized experience where customer experience comes into the picture. And then the fourth one is the security. How I'm going to make sure that, that my data is secure, my money is secure. So when you take those four principles, this is where the technology can help. And this is what we have done by building this amazing customer experience applications. So it is easy to banking. It is easy to apply for the applications. We have built this massive scaling behind the scene so that when we see our traffic is going up, systems scale by itself, what I call as a self-healing systems. And then the security. Security has to be embedded at every moment of their trials in their application creations. And the fourth one is the availability. Is this is this my app working not 99.9%? Now consumers are demanding 100% SLA, that uptime of 100%. So this is the four major pillars of the technology, which I call as a Silicon Valley pillars to drive the tech movement in the fintech space. Yeah, when you think of all parts of the technology stack, right, thinking about the core product development, the data science, the infrastructure, the security with SREs and downtime. And as a consumer, I think it's a fair expectation to say products need to be up 100%. If the product goes down today, consumers have such a low barrier for the switching costs that they can quickly say, I don't want to use Wells Fargo. I want to use Vara Bank, right? Because of everything we're seeing in the market. Why do you think we've seen this shift and change with consumers with this need to have 100% SLA? We all know consumer drives the change. Humans are always the individuals, those who always look for what's next, right? So it's, it's a consumer-driven society. And I think it's what changed is with the devices, the phone devices, iPhone or the smartphones coming in, which is with the data, and people carry this device every day with them. I, I have not seen anyone forget about leaving the home, but inside the home, everyone carries this phone all the time in their hand. And as consumers started seeing that, you know, hey, I I waste so much of time going to this place. I have to drive here. I have to do this. And I have my phone. My internet is always working. I have a data. 
why can't I send this $50 to my friend who needs that money now digitally? So I think these expectations keep developing as the technology keep evolving. So it is technology keep evolving, consumer expectations got changed. And I think our job as the businesses, as the bank, is to understand their needs and then build the systems to make sure that they get what they need. I will give a very specific example. Think about this. You are having your phone and suddenly you see you lost your data. Your internet is not there and you're not getting any signals. You're going to go into the panic mode. Oh my God, what I'm going to do. This is where we are. And I think we as a technologist needs to stay ahead in the game and forget about this 99.9% at this time. Start thinking about 100% and the bank, which is working 24-7 for you. I love seeing about the 24-7 access because being available anytime, anywhere, any place, right? This is the new normal that we're, we're living life, especially as we reemerge as a hybrid world that's both digital and in-person. And this leads, I think, to the technology advantage of fintechs like Varro Bank over traditional banks. You've been building up this phenomenal team handling everything from data science, security, architecture, and infrastructure. Tell us more about this technology advantage and why you're a big proponent of fintechs. Let me start why I'm a big proponent of a fintech. The reason being the time is here where we can use the technology to serve the customers and bridge the inequality. We've been seeing this inequality in our society. So that's that's the driving force for me, frankly speaking. And the reason being I joined Avaro is especially for that mission and purpose because it is so close to my heart. And as an immigrant story, I really love that. Now, let's go a little bit deep into the technology. So look, we, we are not a traditional bank. We are not doing a digital transformation. Before we opened up the Varo Bank, we started thinking who we are serving. So we always start with the customers. And when we start from the customers, we think about what customers use as of now. They use their iPhone. They use their Android. They, when they are at home, they use browsers. So we have to build these customer experiences in the native technologies, <clears throat> we are not doing the iframing. We are not doing the white label solution. We are building our own customer experience. We have designed user designs at Avaro. We have researchers, those who understand the customer experiences. So we started by building this customer experiences first in the native languages like Swift or Kotlin, Web React on the client level. The second principle was we are not going to embed any business logic at the client level. The client is only responsible for authenticating. This is David, who he is claiming it is David. This is the device which belongs to David, and we just want to make sure that this is who you are. So those level of authentication techniques, authorization techniques, we want to make sure that security is embedded within those devices. Then we go down and then we say, look, this... All this concept of how we scale and all those things, how that's going to happen. So we went down and we built this microservices architecture. So think about the microservice as an independent service, which is a very small part of application, which is just responsible for doing a one action. 
And then it communicates with another service to say, hey, this is my action. Now you go and do your work. So we built this microservice architecture. Think about the small, small Legos, but they are distributed Legos. They are connected with each other using the service mesh on the communication channel. It is like when I go around and I look into those antennas for the data transmission, how they are transmitting the amplifying the data and talking to the each other. So that's the microservices. So if these are the microservices which are standalone, where, where is the business logic? So we end up investing the middle layer, which is our GraphQL, and we are calling as a federated. This is where we bring all the data together. And then this federated data goes to the client level. So this is how we serve the customers and the microservices and the GraphQL. We use uh, the cloud computing. We use Kubernetes to scale the pods. If we see the traffic, it goes up. Now, while we are serving our customers, you are continuously collecting the data. Okay. Now, you collect the data. You have the choices that you can keep the data at rest or you keep this data, keep flowing into the ecosystem. So we have built what we call as a Waro Lake. So all the data in the real time, uh, when I say real time, in the near real time, in within seconds, flows into our centralized system. And this is where we are providing the real time product analytics. We are trying to look into what is working for customer, what is not working for customer. But then we have built a layer on top of it, which is our AIML platform. This is where the machine learning models are embedded on top of it, which are making some decisions and trying to make sure that the things work properly. And then this data flows back into our microservices to close the loop and serve the customers back. While you do this, there has to be a full data governance. You just cannot ignore the data governance piece. And I'm going to quickly, David, talk about the data principles because it's so important for sometimes people to understand what are the data principles. Number one, it is a customer data and customers should benefit from it, number one. Number two, we should only collect the data, what we need to collect, nothing more than that. Number three is we should make it easier for our customers to understand and explain them which I call them as an explainability, is uh, basically what data we have collected, show it to them and make it easier for them to opt out of that. And, and the fourth one is the data security. When the data is in motion or data is in at rest, you need to secure that data. So these are the data principles, what we have embedded and then building the whole security layer on top of the applications what I have just told you makes us as a nimble platform makes us to move fast on the product development so that's how we do the technology here at Varo. it's great to hear how cutting edge the technology is of our bank uh, deep you're leaving a team that's using microservices graphql and a very modernization of technology infrastructure and architecture and one of the challenges from the traditional banks is managing a legacy yeah. architecture. I'm well aware of some banks that still use COBOL and that are using older frameworks without naming any of them. There's even a major financial data organization that is still on a monolith tech stack because the rewrite, there's so much technical debt. And so it's not necessarily good or bad, right? But there's, there's a lot of challenges to managing a legacy architecture. Yeah. 
and it is and the legacy architecture and as i started the conversation this legacy architecture exists in the three verticals which i was telling you banking health and real estate is getting better but these were the three where the technology innovation came pretty late in the game and when you think about human wants to they want a place to live they want to take care of their health and then they want money to survive and this is the three major verticals and this legacy architecture exists and and the challenge continues to be the traditional banks continue to go deep into this the reason being is there is a layer they keep building on top of it to stitch the things together as you mentioned right if your foundation is not strong what you do is you try to keep more and more t- on top of it and then you keep adding the more banded solutions to see but this this transformation is going to be very challenging and for the businesses those who are still deep into mainframes still have those monolith and it is very tough for them to come out now changing our conversation from the technology stack that you've built and we've seen as a differentiator for varabank let's look at varabank's approach for how technology has allowed you to put customer needs first. You've mentioned about this 24-7 SLA, having access to the product when customers need it most. Why is this so critical to putting customers-centric and customers first? Uh, as you mentioned earlier in the show, Deep, about Varo's mission and purpose. It, it, David, it goes back to Vosh, who is the CEO of the company who comes from the traditional banks right he's his career been majority of his career was with the traditional banks and he has seen all and what he came to the realization there is a big gap and that gap is banking is not for all of us it is for some of us and that is where he created this mission and purpose and then he started attracting the talent which is aligned with the mission and purpose right so that's important because the products are the manifestation of your mission and purpose and then you people are the one those who are building the products and if those people are not aligned with the mission and purpose the outcome is going to be different so mission and purpose call in attracting the right talent at the c level an example he hiring me as a technology officer of waro bank from the silicon valley was the main driver uh, to use the technology to bridge the uh, gap here and then you need to then start thinking about and start building the organization from the customer center so we have built our core value and one of the core value what we have is the customer first and then when my engineers write that piece of a code they are if they are not using that code they don't know why they are writing it our engineers they write and they use that they use waro bank and they see the challenges what we face in the waro bank so you need to eat your own dog food and the other one is when i hire engineers or my directors or the senior directors or the vps i always look into how much empathy they bring it for the customer very specific example if i am a customer i am standing in front of an atm machine I want to withdraw ten dollars, and for some reason, my debit card is not working. What are you going to do in that scenario? People like you and me, David, maybe we are fine at least, but people are not fine. They need their money. 
I have really built this technology, which tells us there is a problem and this customer is facing a challenge. And sometimes we do connect with our customers to solve their problems. And problem may not be related to our technology, maybe it's related to something else. So it is using the layers of the right people, the right organizational culture, and the technology. These three things, when mixed together, delivers the mission and purpose. And that is the reason why Varo is so customer-centric, because Colin really wanted that mindset to come to the table. And whomsoever joins Varo, like my people know that the one thing Deep cares about the most is the customers first. Now let's talk about the internal organization, technical recruiting, scaling up a team to build and scale technology. As the technology economy continues to grow and we know that jobs like data scientists, software engineers, and product managers are high in demand, can you share with us as the leader for your organization What have you seen about the kind of people that you're looking to hire? And when is the right time to think about bringing on different technology leaders to build or buy different products? Before jumping to build and buy, I think the the, the reality is the pandemic has caused where now talent is everywhere and you don't need to have a talent at a specific location. So hire wherever you find the talent. So that's the philosophy what I have because... People want that flexibility. And whether it is data science, machine learning engineers, quality engineers, iOS developer, they are in demand because the digital transformation is happening across the industry. Now, even if you are a grocery-driven company like Safeway or someone else, technology is an integral part of your system now. So technology is everywhere now. So it is you don't need to be a technology company to use technology. So that drives the demand and supply because they are in demand and very much a challenge to bring the new talent to the organization. But it is also how do you retain the talent, right? And then I think we we try to use different ways of we have so much of a referrals network. People bring their friends because they are so aligned with the mission and purpose and people are so excited. Engineers are very excited to scale and build this technology. So I think I focus on two areas where the culture and culture and the people, when you bring someone to your ecosystem, how do you give them the environment where they thrive? How do you allow them to get their creativity going? So much of a focus on once you come in, we take care of you. And then how do you bring engineers? I I think we we participate in conferences, people write our blogs, we participate in the open source community, we contribute and consume, right? So that's what we do. And we allow our engineers to do hack days, build the things what they want to do within the framework. So definitely culture and all those things plays a major role. Now, build versus buy. I, I think I always look into on the build versus buy. What is core to you? You always build what is not core to you no reason for you to go and build that go and buy it right so this is how my philosophy always been focus on your core ip which is what you want to be good at what you want to be remembered and what you want to do so i think when i bring the people into my ecosystem 
don't decide the build versus buy first. We decide when the projects are coming in and we start thinking. Engineers are always thinking about how I'm going to solve the problem and I want them to focus on the problem. And then build versus buy comes a little bit later in the game. And now taking everything together that your team is doing at VaroBank as you're scaling, can you tease for our audience today some of the product roadmap, perhaps some of the the new features or updates we should be seeing uh, in the next year or so? Our focus going to continue to remain on scale, giving our customers going back to baking the bank for all of us. How do we give them the data, the insights to serve them? And people want, we offer this direct deposit. Two days, their salaries get two days early. We give them save your chain, save your pay. We recently launched cash back or the perks program helping our customers. We have launched Voro Advance where if you are in need of $20, you can withdraw that $20. We don't charge you the fees. So we're going to continue to focus on this. But as we look into the future, there are many areas where consumers are going into. Wealth management is definitely area where we are seeing consumers are very interested in. As I look into the crypto, which is entering into, and crypto has been there, how we look into the crypto under the regulation spectrum of the business. But then I want to go into start thinking about the brick and mortar side. Is the brick and mortar going to go away? And we don't have a brick and mortar. How this augmented reality or the virtual reality plays into the ecosystem? How do we bring those pieces together? And then how do we help our customers using the data, what we have to benefit them? So those are the areas where I continue to see we are going to keep looking into from the product point of view and i'm definitely david in coming months we are still working on some of the cool cool very cool product features which we're going to be announcing in coming months i will share with you more uh, then but those are the areas which you will see more and more coming out of world excellent and uh, deep what a call to action would you like to share with our listeners on voice of fintech today sure i i, I think i will just say if you are a technologist If you're a business person and if you're in the fintech space, always go back to the basics and think about who you are serving and why you are serving. It always needs to start with who and why you are serving them and use the technology as an enablement to deliver your value and think from that point of view. And because if you serve your customers and if you serve your customers at the right time, at the right moment, and make the technology accessible to them whenever they want, wherever they want. That's what customers want or consumers want. So I will just say, stay focused on that. Success is going to follow you. Excellent. Well, Deep Varma, the CTO of Varo Bank, scaling the future of banking in many regards for consumers to be accessible all across the market. It's been a delight to hear about the technology and the team that you're building uh, at Varo Bank. Deep, thanks so much for joining us on Voice of Fintech. Thank you, David. Thanks for hosting me. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, 
or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at voiceofintech.com. Happy to hear from you. Thank you.